Please be seated. Good morning. I greet you with the spirit of Christ this morning. It's good to see you on this Memorial Day weekend. I wasn't sure how many of us would all be together today. Uh, for many weeks now, we've been focusing on strengthening community through our scripture lessons and our worship. Today is Ascension Sunday. Got that, kids? Ascension Sunday. When we celebrate Jesus' ascension into heaven. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples an assignment. The story Jesus began continues as he passes his torch onto us, so to speak, onto his disciples. I've done what I came to do, he tells them, and now it's your turn. And beloved, it's now our turn for the story to continue through us. Hear now the words of our Lord as found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Beloved, this final moment Jesus shares with his disciples falls into a narrow span of time between what was and what will be. First, Jesus repeats what he has been telling them and us all along. Since the beginning of creation, God's plan has been clear. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and all that has been up until now. His whole life and ministry answers the questions of the Old Testament and fulfills the Old Testament promises. It all comes down to this. Jesus is the Son of God, the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now, can you imagine how the disciples might have reacted or responded to Jesus' message that I just read from the Gospel of Luke? Would they, would we have asked, so what? Yes, Lord, what comes next? Now that you've performed every miracle in the history of God's people, now that you've risen from the dead and conquered death, what are you going to do now? But what does Jesus do? Jesus blesses them like Moses did 
when he blessed Joshua as the one who would lead God's people into the promised land. Jesus lifts up his hands with the marks of what he's been through in dying on the cross and being raised from the dead, and he blesses his disciples, and he blesses his followers. And he tells them and us that the story is to continue. It's up to the disciples, and it's up to us. All of us are to be Jesus's witnesses. And then he leaves them and is raised up into heaven. Take a moment right now, a deep breath, and reflect how would you feel if you had been present and if you had seen Jesus ascend? I don't know about you, but I think I might have been speechless and amazed and perhaps a bit confused. How could Jesus expect so much from us? The disciples, just like we are, are still learning. They've only been together for three short years. We're told the disciples, though, were not speechless and they were not confused. Rather, the disciples worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Every time I read Luke's gospel about Jesus' ascension, I wonder about the transformation that happened to the disciples after Jesus' death and resurrection. They've changed through it all. This is even more amazing when you realize that in Luke, Jesus' ascension still has us gathered with the disciples on Easter night, not 40 days later as we find in Acts' version of Jesus' ascension. And you can look that up in Acts 1, verse 3. We've scarcely made it back to the room where the disciples have gathered. We have only just heard from Cleopas and his friend who encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus. We've barely just seen Jesus appear in our midst and ask for a piece of fish to prove that he's not a ghost. And now in such a short period of time, we find the disciples worshiping Jesus, returning to Jerusalem with great joy and continually blessing God in the temple as they await for what Jesus will send them which, by the way, we'll celebrate next week on Sunday, on Pentecost Sunday, when you're all wearing red. (laughs) They are joyful now and are worshiping Jesus after he takes his leave at the ascension. They don't feel the despair or sorrow they felt at the time of his death. And rather, we see in Luke's gospel that the disciples were witnesses. They knew Finally, they knew they had seen God. They get it. They understand it. It's important to realize the importance of Luke's use of the word worship in this passage. This is the only time in Luke's entire gospel when the disciples worship Jesus. After all, the disciples were Jewish men. They knew they were to have no other gods before the Lord, and they were not to worship anyone except God. They knew that only God deserved their worship, their praise, their adoration. But the disciples finally had learned that Jesus was God. And so we see the disciples' transformation. 
we see they now understand that God the Father was redeeming all of creation through Jesus, and they also realized they had a role to play in God's redemptive work. After all, Jesus had told them, you are going to be my witnesses. You are going to show the world what you know now to be true. This truth came home to me recently as Brad and I were in Greece following Paul's footsteps as he witnessed to the world. All along the paths the disciples walked, they lived and spoke in such a way that witnessed to the world about Jesus and the early church grew. Now we all have heard stories and we all know that people were attracted to this word of God, this Jesus, this story, because they saw how the disciples, how the early church loved one another, how they treated one another, how they treated the stranger. I believe that being a witness is different from doing witnessing. Jesus instructs his disciples to be witnesses just as he instructs us to be witnesses. You know, we live in a world of doing. You know, we're always doing things. We have goals to set and goals to accomplish. We're doing things. But Jesus is saying we are to be his witnesses. We are to be more aware of the needs we see around us and respond in ways that we're able. Instead of doing ministry, Jesus calls us to be more present with God and more attentive to God's still small voice throughout the activities and routines of our day. Every day we are called to worship God with how we live our lives, with the choices we make and with the words we say and with how we treat others in our day-to-day -day world. Jesus invites us to be more of who God creates us to be. Instead of doing more for Jesus, we are to be more like Jesus. We are to live in the light of what Jesus already has taught us. What matters now is not for Jesus to appear to us, but for Jesus to appear in us, among us, and through us. He wants us to be his hands, his feet, his face, his smile, his voice, his embodiment on earth. When I say Jesus wants us to be witnesses, it doesn't mean don't be involved in missions, don't be involved in helping others and serving others, but it's more than that. It's to be the embodiment of Christ to the world as we go about our daily living. Jesus is wanting us to be guided by love in all we say and do for love is what matters most. The disciples worshiped Jesus, worshiped God. In the face of Christ, we have come to see the glory of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, the kindness of God, the inclusiveness of God, the fullness of God. In light of that vision of God and Christ Jesus, how can we not worship? The truth that Jesus has completed his work on earth is a central theme of the ascension. And beloved, now it's our turn. The story of Jesus the Christ continues through us. He leaves this earthly realm, but not without saying a proper goodbye. 
He leaves, but not without reassuring us that this is not the end, but the beginning. He will be sending his Hol the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls us to live into our faith, willing to share good news, certainly, but aware that our very lives are the witnesses we bear. How we live shows Jesus to others. We have not been given this grace to keep it locked up for ourselves, but we are to be witnesses. We are to be witnesses that Jesus is the Son of God who calls us to repentance and forgives our sins as we forgive one another. Jesus calls us to be loving and include the outcast. Jesus calls us to lives without verbal or physical abuse or violence and to stand besides those who cannot speak for themselves because of the wounds they've experienced in their lives. And Jesus calls us to protect one another from the injustices and violence of the world that we currently live in. Jesus calls us to treat the people we work with and live with in caring and genuine ways with respect and grace and transparency. So the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. They had received Jesus' blessing, and now they in turn were blessing God in the temple as they waited to be clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we live this way daily, minute by minute, we live into the reality of the kingdom of God to which we all belong. As our lives bear witness to this great news, we're to receive Jesus's blessing, to accept the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, changing us as it did those first disciples. And it is our turn to continue the story because the story lives on. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you that you are always with us. We thank you that you have transformed this life, transformed us into who you have created us to be, and that you are still working on us, Lord. May we open ourselves to your spirit, molding us in, into the disciples you wish us to be, into the witnesses you wish us to be. Lord, we pray for our world so much needs to be healed. We pray for wisdom for those who are in power and authority to make decisions that would better life for all. And we pray, Lord, for ourselves. We pray that you take away whatever fear we might have in terms of being, answering your call to be witnesses. We thank you for Jesus, for the life he lived here on earth and what he continues to teach us now through the Holy Spirit. And so bind us, Lord, together. Help us to be an inviting people, an inviting body of Christ in this world which so dearly needs you. And we pray this and so much more in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.